What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another uh, fun-filled, informative, and slightly vulgar episode of Board to Death, uh, a board game and tabletop podcast. Uh, as always, I'm John. I'm Kayla. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're finally through the uh, the uh, dark, miserable void that was 2020. And uh, just when you thought that it could only get better. Yep. You know, uh, assholes decided to storm the Capitol, so here we are. Yeah, so if you're a Nazi listening to this, go fuck yourself. We don't need you. Love America. But we're not a political <laughs> podcast, even though we interject <laughs> some of that into it, because uh, we're cool liberals. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we talk about uh, everything dice and cardboard and stuff that you could buy from your local game shops, and uh, here we're actually back with another review episode. Oh, yeah. So, uh... You get to listen to our opinions, which is why you're here anyways. Yeah, I mean, you get that regardless of the episode. Yep. That's but, the whole point. Yeah, um, this isn't a game that came out, uh, recently. Uh, it came out last year at some point. I don't know when it is, but we just recently acquired it. Well, it came out in 2019, actually. Yeah, I don't That's know That's what when. the internet told me when I just looked it up before we started. Yeah, and we're talking about, uh, Stonemeyer Games Tapestry, which, holy fuck. Well, we wanted to talk about this in particular because we've probably brought it to the table the most out of any new game that we've had more recently, and it is massive. Yeah, we've probably played it four or five times already. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Oh, for sure. Like, and and which is strange for us because usually mm-hmm. when we have a big game like this, we go, you know, the playthroughs that we have are fewer and far between just because of the size of it, but. Um, yeah, before we get into it, uh, just a little bit about it. Uh, Tapestry, a civilization game. So, uh, just, uh, as an overview, it's for one to five players. It's a 90 to 120 minute game, uh, competitive, uh, ages 12 up. I don't know why ages are on games. A 12 year old can't play this game. How do you know? What, what 12 year olds do you know? I don't know. No 12 year old I, I know could play it. You don't know any 12 year olds. I'll find one and I'll show you he can't play it. He? It's got your only gonna Yeah, because he sucks. Okay. She might be able to. <laughs> that sure. It them like right? That's how it, you how you I refer think, to children. I don't think it is how you refer to children. <laughs> them and they, sure, but not it. <laughs> it that yeah. Oh God, it that. That's uh, awful. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, designed by uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, uh, art by Andrew Bosley, and sculpts which. We'll get into that later Stops. by Rom Brown. Rom uh, is a cool name. Can we yeah. just can we just pause there for a moment? It's very ambiguous and androgynous, and I'm here for it. Rom. Yeah, who knows? Sounds like CD Rom. Yeah. Which that'll age well. Yeah. You know the CD Rom. Anywho, create the civilization with the most storied history, starting at the beginning of humankind and reaching into the future. The path you choose will vary greatly from real world history. Your civilization is unique. Uh, yeah, in Tapestry, you'll advance on four advancement tracks to earn progressively better benefits. Along the way, you'll also improve your income, build capital city, leverage your unique abilities, earn victory points, and gain Tapestry cards, which will tell you the story of your civilization. Wow, you did not need to read all of that. Well, just was, to be clear. Was, yeah. You only need to read the first line. Yeah. So um, that's, that's from the rule book. That's the intro on the rule book. You can't take credit for that. I really can't. So, I can't. I can barely read. 
I know, he struggled to get through that one a little bit. Anywho, um, what we would describe uh, Tapestry as is a, uh, a city-building, income-resource-management strange hybrid, which has a lot going on, but it, it just worked in a very interesting way that doesn't play at all like anything else that we have. No, not really. I mean, the idea of it being a civilization game actually in reminded me a little bit of Stone Age in the way that you start the game. Uh, the difference, of course, being that Stone Age exists old. Yeah, you in never the past. you get a little better by like you know making more people in the fuck hut. That's not the only way you get better. You get technologies and whatnot. That's true. It it, it reminded me of it in that way, just in that you know. In the you're theme to of advance. it, yeah. yeah. The gameplay is really nothing like it, but like that's the kind of vibe yeah. that it gave me. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, other other games that uh, Jamie Stegmeyer's played or has made is uh, what Scythe, Euphoria, Charterstone, Viticulture. Yeah. We only have one of those. Well, yeah, now we, we have two. But well, yeah, we have we have Euphoria, and I can see where some of the ways that it was similar, but still just so different. Mm-hmm. In gameplay that it's not like a... Didn't feel like a repeat game by any stretch. You know how sometimes you buy games from similar designers or something and it feels like you already have that game? Yeah. Just reskinned? This is not that even a little bit. I feel like that's always our biggest fear with buying uh, games from the same designer over and over again. Oh, yeah. And this was not that, for sure. Yeah, because um, we uh, have a lot of um, Red Hat games. Is it Red Hat? Red Raven. Red Raven, right. Uh, from uh, Ryan Lockett. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. So a lot of, like, the artwork is similar, but not all the games play the same. But they have, like, crossover uh, components sometimes, which is interesting in a way. Yeah, I mean, when a while ago, we, we bought Islebound a long time ago. And then we asked um, one of our friends who, at the time, had, a, had her own game store and asked if she thought we could, should have... If we needed both, right? And she basically said, they play so similarly that you don't really need both in your collection. Both are fun in their own right and great games, but you probably don't need both in your collection. But this yeah. is not the same. This is yeah. not that. Definitely does not play like Euphoria. But uh, <laughs> Not even a little bit. This has a lot to go over gameplay-wise, so we're going to just go through uh, basically the, the overall gameplay, how different mechanics work. And, um, and we'll talk about what we like. Yeah. So, um, when, the, when the game first starts, um, everybody starts with a unique civilization. So, your, your civilization has different abilities that trigger at different points during the game. And there were, what, 30? I don't even know. You've got the rule book. Yeah, I don't know. In there. Uh, let's see how many civilization cards were there. But, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but there were a lot of them, essentially, for replayability. That, there were like, 16, but it felt like there were a lot more. Yeah, so... You basically, you're given two at the beginning of the game, you get to pick one, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be your civilization for the entire game, and then different pieces of that will trigger at different points in the game. Um, For example, uh, the first time we played, you had the Futurist. Yeah, and the Futurist was pretty cool, so um, uh, as we'll get into later, you're going to be advancing on different uh, technology, or different tech tracks to uh, complete objectives to win the game. Uh, this allowed you to advance further on those tracks start. just right off the bat. Um, you don't get to gain some of the bonuses of the previous 
spaces you moved along, but it just advanced you that much further to be able to get to the end of the track to gain end of game bonuses. So that was just like, uh, oh, you're fr- essentially you've been Im- embowed by the the technology of these futurists that visited you and gave you these special abilities to advance mm-hmm. faster in in technology than your opponent. Yeah, and I'll say like the civilization cards are really well written because like I remember on the futurist when it said like you don't know why you know this information yeah like you don't know why you're smarter than your counterparts but you just are yeah it's essentially inferring you're like visited by aliens and shit it's pretty great um and then another one that we played with that really stuck out to me was the craftsman that's the one I think I played with the last time Mm. where like essentially um we'll talk a little bit more about the city building piece but if you built your city in a specific way, it gave you extra victory points. Yeah. Um, and so it was... Those are two very different types of civilizations, but, like, they were, they're were they so interesting to play with. And it was like, how am I supposed to... The first time we played, it was a struggle because I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So yeah. and we how am I supposed know... to pick one of these to know what's better? Exactly. Um, and you picked the Futurist one the first time we played. And mm. it ended up... It was especially for the first game, that was a hard one. To start with, I think. Yeah, and we we realized that we fudged some of the rules a little bit, and yeah, for the first go around, because it, it as we talk further into it, it has an interesting asymmetric uh, turn order, which we'll is that. is interesting. But yeah, so alongside your civilization, um, your civilization abilities, you also start with this capital city board. Um, on this board, it's where you're going to play different buildings. You're going to build different things on that. It's your city um, for you to build. Nobody else plays on that city. Um, then what's interesting about it is in the way that they build it is they're, each board is just a little bit different, and they have these red dots on them. And I was looking at it, I was like, what the fuck are these red dots? And they're a little bit different on each each person's capital city board, but basically that's an impassable area on your city and you can't build anything on it so it just kind of builds this like puzzle mechanic into yeah. the game. Um each capital city is a 9 by 9 uh it's 3 by 3. It's a it's a 3 by 3 grid that has 9 squares in each. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Thought you couldn't count. No. My bad. It has 9 9 by 9 <laughs> blocks in it and you're taking as you <laughs> obtain these different buildings you're going to be placing them to fill complete uh, rows and columns up and down and uh, yeah so that's essentially alongside with the uh, civilization and the city you also have your income board and that's basically where everything else that you're going to gain goes that's the thing that stays the same every game you play you always have your middle player board basically Mm -hmm. on the left side you have your civilization card on the right side you have your uh, capital city and those are the two things that change Yep. So that's a general, like, plus you have this big, massive fucking board in the middle yeah, of which, the table. <laughs> which... We have a giant table, and, like, I don't know how people play these games with more people than two. Yeah, I guess it was just, you, the way that we set it up is, is I, I feel like if you have a rectangle table, the two people at the further ends are going to get the shit out of the stick and just have to get up and move mm-hmm. stuff around, because, yeah, this is one of the more... Um, space-intensive games that we have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so do you want to talk about Tech Tracks? This was like an... I, I'd never heard this as a thing. Like, I knew of as it. As a mechanic? But I didn't have the name. 
Yeah, true. For this, if you want to talk about that. So, um, the entire gist of the game is going to be uh, taking the resources that you gain uh, during your income phase and spending those resources to advance on specific tracks on the board. Um, certain tracks are going to be better associated with uh, the advantage of your civilization, and some are just going to be uh, based on what you want to go to as a specific strategy for you. But the four that are there um, are exploration, science, military, and technology. And just to throw it out there, the fact that there is a technology track, and we refer to these as tech tracks, is very confusing. So there's a technology tech track. There's yeah. an exploration tech track. So just in terms of the language, it's very it's it it sounds more complicated than it feels when you see it in front of you. Mm -hmm. Just to throw it out there. Uh, yeah, and I guess we'll go back and forth like talking about what some of the stuff is. So th the specific technology track that you'll advance on um, gives you the the main gist of that one is that it gives you tech cards. To where you can upgrade this specific, um, almost like playing card size card, mm -hmm. uh, to gain different abilities. So each time you go through an income phase, you're going to be able to upgrade uh, one of your tech cards, and each specific tech card has a an advantage and a bonus for upgrading it. Yeah, and something that's interesting that I'd never really seen as a mechanic in a game before um, is when you're upgrading these technologies you upgrade them once but then if you want to upgrade it a second time there's this mechanic of you or your neighbor has to reach a certain point on one of the tracks before you can do that yeah so for example if your neighbor is on the second track of the second tier of the military track mm -hmm. that allows me to upgrade this card a second time but if me or my neighbors are not there then I can't upgrade it. So there's this, like, collective, there's this, like, community aspect of the game that's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like that mechanic exists so somebody just can't, like, run away train oh, yeah. with uh, this specific technology to get it all the way upgraded. Mm-hmm. Before and, other people can do anything. Exactly. And the, and the reason, and we'll get into the reason why that can happen, because this, we keep saying, this is an asymmetric turn-based game. Yeah, we're just not there yet. I know. You're, now you're jumping ahead. Yeah. But yeah, so then the another one that we were talking about are the exploration, is the exploration track. So essentially when you do the exploration track, um, you're just trying to expand your empire, essentially. So mm -hmm. on the big board in the middle, um, you and your fellow players all start um, in your respective sections on the map, and then you're able to build out through exploration. Um, so you draw a tile, you can place it on the board, um, and then the way you place it on the board gave me, reminded me a lot of, um, kind of like a Takenoko, if anybody's ever played that, where you're placing the tiles onto the board. Yeah, they're hexagonal pieces. Mm -hmm. Almost like if you were building out a Catan board as you were playing, which mm -hmm. obviously is not how Catan works, but like, that's what it felt like. Yeah, and it's cool too, because, uh, each tile that you pick... As you place it, you gain a specific uh, resource or mm -hmm. um, ability from placing that tile, and you gain extra points uh, by laying the tile that... Uh, it, so it matches. You, so it matches a specific terrain. So it's like mountains, grasslands, 
uh, water, a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, and then um, if you reach a certain point on that tech track, on the exploration track, you actually go and explore space because you're so far in the future. Neither of us have gone that route We've yet. We've tried so hard. Yeah, it... <laughs> we, I tried, I decided when we played once I was going to try and get to the end of the exploration track, like that was going to be my goal, and I couldn't fucking get to the end, and I was so agitated I wanted to explore space. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's an interesting mechanic which lines up um, with uh, with one of the other tracks, but before we get there, there's the science track, um, which has it has its own uh, each of these have their own income buildings which we'll get into where how you're going to gain income but the science track is interesting because it its sole purpose while you advance on this track is to make it easier for you to go onto other tracks that might not be obtainable with the resources you have to spend yeah yeah and it's got this weird random aspect to it which i i guess you know when when you're testing hypotheses in science it's very thematic as like a just like a chaos thing it's like yeah. well science doesn't always go the way you expect it so when you roll the i think it's like a 10-sided die or mm-hmm. some shit or maybe 12 i don't know and uh you roll it and whatever the whatever the outcome is is the advantage that you get and sometimes it, sometimes we, it's not an advantage yeah so like we both tried it and it just didn't work out the way that we wanted it to yeah so there's that um, and then the last track is the military track. So we were talking about the big board in the middle of the table. Um, when you advance on the military track, it basically lets you take control of those different hexagonal pieces. Hexa- hexagonal? That was the word? Yeah. I think that was Yeah, it's six. Hexagonal. Um, so basically for you to go and take over um, different different areas on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that one's pretty direct. Yeah, uh, and the cool mechanic with that is um, as you're as you're moving along, and if you land on the as you're moving along and you land on the uh, the space with the military, you can choose to conquer a tile. When you conquer a tile, you place um, one of your little tower pieces onto that tile, mm-hmm. and then you roll these two dice, which are called the conquer dice, and you get to choose the different uh, different. Um, Outcomes on the dice. Yeah, you get you either get this one or the other one. Basically, you roll the dice and you pick which uh, which it's usually victory points or yeah. resource. Yeah, and then if you if you're far enough along on that tech track, sometimes you can get both. Mm-hmm. And, which is cool. Um, another like so, it's not just conquering spaces. You can also overtake your opponents, which we haven't done a whole lot. Yeah, it's different. I would say uh, with just the two of us, if somebody's not specifically going towards militaristic mm-hmm. stuff it's it's more difficult to do that and because it's the we've only played it a few times and with just two players and with just two players generally speaking unless we're playing ticket to ride we <laughs> we tend to and this is just our play style but we tend to shy away from fuck you mechanics yeah because it's just us in the house so yeah. unless um, we're playing seven wonders duel which we can talk about later because we did play. I'll burn this whole fucking house down. And you can see how that ended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that those are the tech tracks. Uh, and again, as John said, you basically use your resources to advance yourself on those tracks. Mm-hmm. So that's like the, the where you spend the bulk of your time, I would yeah. say. In this game, you spend the bulk of your time advancing on the tech tracks, right? Would you agree? Yeah. 
and uh, each yeah, and th- that's that's basically the main focus of what you're going to be doing on your turns. You're going to be spending your resources, which are coins, workers, food, and culture. Uh, each specific track has a dominant resource that is associated with it. But starting out when you're in like the first tier of any track, it allows you to spend any resource to advance. Right. And then as you go further and further, it gets more difficult to uh, advance on those tracks because you're getting onto more advanced spaces, which give you more, um, which give you better bonuses for advancing, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it just costs more to get there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we talked about those. The next piece that is a big aspect of this game is the city building um, part. So we've talked about how there's this capital city mat that sits in front of you. That is just your mat. That is your city. Your opponents cannot build on your city. That we know of so far. So, we haven't. That's true. We haven't played with all the culture or all the civilizations. You might be able to fuck with somebody else's capital city. We just don't know of that yet. Yeah. So far. So far, no. Um, so, basically, you're creating your civilization on the big map through exploration. Yeah. Right? But you're also trying to improve your own personal city. And, like, that's where you get points as well. So one of the main ways you do that is by gaining these income buildings and landmarks by advancing on the tracks. Yeah. Which, to break that down a little bit more, when you're on the, in theory, let's say you're on the technology track in the game, um, you reach certain spaces that allow you to gain an income building. And you take that income building off of your player mat, It's just and it's covering up like a resource or victory points or draw a card or something like that, you take it off of there and you move it and build it, quote unquote, build it on your city. Does that sound like a good summary yeah. of that? Um, you place it in one of the uh, one of the spaces that doesn't have a red dot on your city map. Yeah, so you do that. <clears throat> um, when, you, when you're in your income phase of the game, you're basically going to go through and see if you've got any filled... On, on your grid to see if you have any filled columns or rows. And that's worth usually one victory point. Um, unless you, again, unless you have a marker or a civilization. Or, or something, something that compounds that, that. Something that might double it, things like that. Um, so yeah, you that's basically it. So those, placing the income buildings gives you extra stuff. Whether it's resources or whatever. Yeah. Um... Your favorite part. The landmark buildings. That's why I left that for you to talk about. Gotcha. So as you're doing that and you're advancing on these tracks to gain the tiny income buildings, which are different colors, like one's yellow, one's red, one's brown, and one is... Blue? Gray. Gray. So, and those are for the the four different tracks. Wish it was more colorful, but whatever. I mean, they're muted colors. It makes sense. They're like earthy. Earthy tones. We never talk about the colors in this game, but they Mm. are, they're very earth tones, except for the military, which are bright fucking red. Yeah, it makes sense. Womp womp. Womp womp. Yeah, so as you're collecting these smaller um, income buildings, uh, the further along you advance on the uh, tech tracks for the specific... um, Each track. Yeah, on each track. If you reach a space, a specific space before your opponent, you're able to get something called a landmark building. Each track has two, I believe? Three. Each track has three. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one you get to is a small one, second one is a medium, and the third one is a large building. And you're gonna, and they're all individually, beautifully painted or designed, 
buildings that are thematically correspondent to mm-hmm. um, the track that you're advancing on. Like the science one has uh, like a rocket ship later on or it has uh, like an observatory. No, no, no. The exploration track has the rocket ship, remember? Oh, and then the science one has space. the... Observe. The laboratory. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's really fucking cool. And they're bigger spaces. They're bigger pieces that are designed to take up a larger space on your city map grid. That way, you get to that building first. It's a larger space. You're able to fill in your rows and columns more easily the fa- and faster than your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. But they could have done this with anything, right? They could have done it with, like, a token that just sits there. But... It's they're gorgeous. Like they're yeah, they're really cool. They're they're some of the most beautifully crafted, individually um, designed pieces of any game that we have. I think that was like the big, the big grab for us when we were like, oh, this is kind of expensive. It's a lo- big grab for you. Like I was intrigued by it, but it caught your attention for sure. I mean, technically, we we as a player couple tend to shy away from miniatures games mm-hmm. just because it's they tend to be higher in price and a lot of them just don't have the the play mechanics that we like to play right and they're really expensive right like Totes. but these aren't just like miniatures they're like little buildings that you get to place it's very thematic and beautiful and yeah yeah and so those are the different ways that you build up your your capital city, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about this particular mechanic is that it's you're still working on the big board, but like we said, nobody else can really fuck with you so far. That we found, like nobody else can really fuck with you in the way that you're building up your capital city. So there's a lot of control in that piece that I really like. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know how you feel. No, I mean uh, that's that's basically how I feel about it. <laughs> Wow. Crushed it. Um, so, yeah. So, that that's kind of like the game set up in a nutshell. The setup, how like. you're taking your turns, in the a different nutshell, goals. It took 15 minutes, essentially. A little more than that for us to talk about just how the game is set up. But that's cool. Yeah. It's the most complicated part. The most complicated, but not the most unique. And uh, I said it earlier, but this game is asymmetric. Uh, so, everybody is going to take different turns at different times and end the game differently, which mm-hmm. is strange. So, Very. essentially, the game ends for you as an individual player when you're done taking your fifth income phase. Right. And what we mean by income phase is that when you say, oh, I am taking my income phase, you look at your player board and all of the open spaces that have now been revealed after removing your uh, income buildings will have different um, uh, things that you'll gain for taking your income phase. Sometimes you'll victory get... Victory points. Yep. Sometimes you'll gain uh, resources back. You'll gain victory points. Um, a whole slew of different things based on what you've already removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part is very interesting. And when you're first playing it, very confusing to me. Um, we've tried different ways of going about this. Like... There was one one game we played where you like rushed through two of your five in two or three of your five income phases, mm-hmm. and then you were able to spend a lot of time in that like fourth age is what they call them ages in the game, and it like it seemed to work for you with a two player game. Yeah, and so 
but meanwhile, I just kind of played at a more steady pace. When I ran out of resources, then it was time for me to do an income phase because I was out of shit to spend. I couldn't do anything else. Exactly. And I would say we still, generally speaking, ended about the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe one of the games I had like two more turns after you. Yeah, and I think I think as we play with more people, then I think the the end time for the individual players will be a lot more varied. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about the income phases that we haven't talked about quite as much um, are the tapestry cards. So tapestry cards. Um, Basically, you play them during your income phase, and it, that's like the beginning of your new age. It gives you special abilities that round. It might give you special bonus points. I had one that was like, if you acquire a new tapestry card, you can play it on top of this one for different abilities. And like when you do, gain 10 victory points or something like that. So it was kind of an incentive for me to find a track where I was going to be able to draw a new card. Yeah, to, the way I see it is that like it's a specific bonus for that age, and almost get, uh, aside from your main strategy that you're using to win, what like be whatever track you're advancing on, it kind of gives you a bit of like the way I saw it was like an objective for that age is like mm-hmm. okay, well here's your bonus, here's something to work on during this age to give you points, and if it works out well, great. If it doesn't, whatever. Like, I had that one where it w- it said, copy one of your opponents if they move up on this track. Yeah. And I think it was the military track. And so basically what that allowed me to do was if you, t- if you advance on the military track, I also got to do that action. And what that ended up doing in terms of gameplay is since you knew that was a thing... You just didn't advance at all yeah. on the military track because you didn't want me to also have that bonus, which was interesting. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I and I didn't have to play that way, but it was just like, oh, well. You didn't want me to get the bonus benefits. Like, exactly. Which makes sense mm-hmm. in a competitive game. But I, I bring it up just because it feels, it feels like a small part um, because it's just one piece of your income phase, but it can actually make a big difference in terms of how many points, what you do. Bonuses, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I think it's clever. Yeah. Um, and essentially, like we said, after your fifth income phase, uh, your game ends. And then you essentially wait until all the other players have reached their fifth income phase. And then the person with the most victory points wins. Yeah. So, if you end before someone else, there might still be some sort of passive things that might happen based on whatever civilization you have or a tapestry card i mean that didn't happen for us when we were playing but i i assume that it might happen at some point for somebody Mm. it's just in the with a two-player game there just aren't as many things that are going to pop up versus if you're playing with a full five yeah and uh because this game is basically decision overload uh from the five we played what five times now i think so from the five times we played, uh, in a two-player game at least, not you're, it's impossible to get uh, all the way to the end of more than just one track. It feels that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's deliberate. But yeah. who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think maybe it might be possible. I think that you and I tend to get hyper-focused on we might each have our own respective goal. 
And so we get hyper-focused on trying to get that goal, and therefore we kind of forget about one. Like, I, I, what was it? I think the last time we played, I finished the, um, not the science track. I finished the exploration track, mm-hmm. or at least I got close to it. And I was still at space zero of the science track. Yeah. And I was just, just because that's not, that's not, it didn't work into my game plan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I feel like at the beginning of the game, it's decision overload where you get a little bit of, what is it, analysis paralysis? Is that what they call it? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what's the route I'm going to go to win and get the most points? And sometimes you just don't know because of whatever cards are going to pop up. And you're like, what the fuck am I going to do next? <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, the first time you play this, you're not really going to know a strategy based on the civilization you have. Some stuff might be apparent, some stuff might not. But I just feel like having having well thought out um, mechanics to where... You land on this space and this is what happens. There's not like... There's not so many roads to go down to where it's like... You could you could do something. It might not be the thing that ends up winning you the game. Mm-hmm. But there's always something to do. Yeah. You're never going to be blocked out of doing something based on what your opponent's doing. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that piece about it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's always something. And, like, the nice thing is, is that... I think the reason you get that decision overload is because you're trying to think four turns ahead when really you only have four options. Yeah. But right when you first start the game, you advance on one of the four tracks. You you technically only have four options, but y- your brain is trying to think three steps ahead because this is such a strategy-heavy game that, like, it start, it, if you think about it too long, it's just going to weigh on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a whole lot of luck components in this. No. So, I mean, the the science die and the um, the conquer dice and then whatever cards come up uh, in the um, the tech cards, mm-hmm. those are essentially the only randomized things in the game. Um, I would say the only the only thing that like kind of is a race down the tracks of the different things to do is trying to be the first one to get to those landmarks. Yeah, definitely. Because if you're the first person there, you get the building. I'd say that's one of the most competitive pieces mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, because building up your city, while it's 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 a not the only way you can get resources, but if you're able to build up your city faster than everybody else, every time you take an income phase and you're able to get those points and just mm-hmm. points after points after points, age after age, that really just extends your lead. Yeah, because I feel like that's how I how I got to you. How I got so far ahead of you the last game that we played. You were just upset because I beat you the first four times we played. So I don't think that's true. You had to come in hot. I, I think you're lying. Okay, well, I beat you then three times. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then something, one of the last pieces in terms of gameplay that I think is interesting is the rule book actually specifically says that 300 victory points is a great final score. And I was like, oh, shit. Hell yeah, I'm going to get 300 points. We haven't even gotten close yeah, to think, 300 points. I think one of us has gotten like 160. Yeah, was we, like, we have not wrapped around to get to 200 yet. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're fucking something up. I just don't think so. We've read the, the rules are shockingly not very long. 
in yeah. this game, so I don't think we're fucking that up. I think it's just, it might be a product of two players. True. Um, but, like, we, or, we have not gotten to 200 points even. Or just um, us not knowing when the appropriate, most, like, advantageous time to take your income phases, right? So yeah. we, we haven't gotten there yet. We're still working on that rhythm. Hmm? So, yeah, that that's kind of the gameplay, you know, in a nutshell, I guess. Um, but then... You know, kind of moving on. Did you have anything else? You look like you had something um, else to say. No, I was just going to say, like, real quick, because I'm looking at the rule book. Uh, um, there's also, like, secondary, like, achievements to get points to work towards. Like, if you're moving and uh, exploring and placing tiles on the hexagonal map, the first player to um, conquer the middle island gets, mm-hmm. like, 10 victory points, you know, 15 victory points. Um,. The first uh, player to topple uh, two opponents' outposts gains 15. And Which is the military track. Yeah. And then um, if you complete any advancement track, like you get all the way to the end of mm-hmm. exploration, science, technology, or military, you get 15 points. Is there just like things that will eventually happen if you happen to be working towards those things? Got them beer burps. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I definitely do. Um, so, yeah, those are the extra ways to get points. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about it a little bit, but moving on a little bit, moving on to the uh, components in this game. You know, last last episode, John let you in on the secret that we have an outline. All I put in the outline for components was, holy fuck, components in this game. Yeah, I know we touched um, base on the individually crafted landmark buildings, which are just fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They have a good weight to them. They have their own little case in the game. Oh my god! In the game box. Yeah, remember? I didn't. I guess I didn't fully realize that those were in the box. So when we were opening it up, after a special shout out to No Land Beyond for dropping this game off at our house, delivering it to us, we didn't even have to go. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, we were opening up the box and I was like, what the fuck is this yeah. in here? And it's literally like a case, essentially. It even has a lid for storage, so mm. your shit doesn't move around. Like, not only are these components great, they have a very specific place in the box with a lid, so they don't even move around. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. And then the income buildings uh, are very uh, nicely... Um, I guess like 3D printed, but they're like real hard plastic heavy pieces. Yeah, they're heavy pieces. They stand up. They don't tip over just because you bump the table. Yeah. Which is good. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen our cat has decided that now he wants to join games and sit on top of it so he doesn't tip any of this shit over. Yeah. So that's good. They are sully proof because <laughs> he's a fat ass. So he's our big boy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, what I really like is that the income buildings for each section or each color are all just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so, like, the red ones are look different from the yellow ones, which is just kind of a cool aesthetic thing that just appeals to me. Yeah, because they could have just made them different colors, mm-hmm. but they made them different colors and different designs, which is, I mean... It's just nice. It's not a... And, and don't get us wrong, like... Tapestry is one of the higher priced games that we uh, we picked up in recent mm-hmm. memory. We luckily enough got it on a sale. I don't know if it would have been so much like so easy for us to just be like pull the trigger on it and get it. I mean, 
the the price point is normally around a hundred games, a hundred games, a hundred dollars. You have to trade a hundred of your own games for this one, so choose Ooh, wisely. Yeah, uh, it's usually around a hundred dollars, um, and honestly, the price point was what was keeping us from getting it. Because if you recall, we had it in our hands when we went shopping for our anniversary every year. We go buy board games, you know, like real romantics. Aside from when we just normally buy them? Yes, exactly. We go we specifically go to a store and buy them. It's a, it's a whole thing. Uh, but we, we were going to buy it, and then we were like, we could get Tapestry for $100. Or we, we get, could like, get two games for $75. So what, like, What were the two that we got? We got, wasn't we, it uh, Pandemic Legacy and Pan Am? We got, it was Pan Am and High Rise. Ah, that's right. That's what we got yeah. for our anniversary this year. Which, the yeah, high rise feels like it should have been more money with all that shit in the it box. It definitely too. should have been more money. Sucker. We can save that review for another day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the other piece about the components that we're we've talked about less are the resource markers. Mm-hmm. Um, for each, when you, when you're gaining the resource, they each have their own specific, um, shape. marker and yeah. shape. The, uh, yeah, the coin... Uh, the, the money bag, what we affectionately refer to as the fat man. The fat guy is uh, a worker. Yep, he's actually a worker. I did look that up. Um, then... The mushroom is food. Yeah, I think it's nature, but we, we call it a mushroom. And then culture, that's the military one, which yeah, is the, also the star. interesting. Yeah, it's shaped like a star. So, I mean, even those are just quality pieces Mm -hmm. so they're wood those pieces are wood and they feel good they're not going to fly all over the table i don't think they're wood i think they're hard plastic as well Mm -mm. really they're they're wood they're definitely wood just like the little um markers for your score oh yeah the little blocks those are wood oh yeah i guess i never realized that yeah the plastic pieces are the income houses and or the income buildings and the outposts, the military outposts that you place on the You're main right, map. you're right, you're right. Those are the plastic pieces. Yeah. Um, which is good. They're both they're all high quality pieces. Yeah. So I just, I also just really like wood pieces. Yeah. We're component snobs. We've said that in the past. That's yeah, so why we did a whole episode about it. So Yeah. A g- gameplay and uh a good game doesn't have to have high quality components, but um yeah. If if you're gonna have a good game and you're gonna charge a decent price Go the extra mile. Yeah, I mean, it's why I, it's part of the reason, you know, not, especially now that we have it, spending $100 on this game would have not been a mistake. No. So, there's that. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, just to give an overview of, uh, of the game as a whole, um, you know, if, if you're into mechanics like resource management, like track movement, uh, like the tech tracks that we've described, and then uh, the card drafting... Uh, this is a game for you. Like mm-hmm. you, you will get your fix when it comes to all of those because it it intermingles all of those without any one being overpowered by another. Yeah, and I wouldn't say you have to, you have to feel like you're particularly good at one of them to be good at the game. Yeah, I th- I think that's the advantage of having the multiple goals mm-hmm. and multiple um, pathways to victory is just being able to do all these different things or just a couple of them or just focusing on one and it it just doesn't feel like anything's wasted. Yeah, definitely. And so part of that is thinking about if this is a good game for two people, I would say for sure. 
Um, and part of the reason that I think it is because there's not that one goal. It's not super fuck you mm-hmm. like we were talking about, where, like, you for the most part, you can be doing your own thing, and I can be doing my thing. Um, I think you had one ability that took something from me, but I can't remember what it was offhand, so this is not a great story overall. But I'd say for the majority of the gameplay, what you do doesn't necessarily affect me unless you're talking about you getting to the landmarks first. Or um, the military conquering with you uh, toppling outposts. Yeah, which, again, we haven't done that. We haven't toppled each other's outposts so much just because... Feels like a lot of effort in a two-player game. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it feels that's like a in. lot of wasted, uh, wasted turns. Yeah, it do, it's not how I've wanted to use my resources mm-hmm. overall. So, for that reason, I think it's I think it's good for two people. I'm excited to be able to play it with more people. You know, yeah. when it becomes safe to invite our friends over to our house again. Yeah, can't wait for that. Yo, if you have any extra vaccines, send them our way. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'll take extra doses just to see what the fuck happens at this point. Well, that would be kind of selfish. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. You, you have, we know some friends who would so like vaccinating them. the cats. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, we'll get right on then. Yeah, uh, I would say the only downside of this being a two-player game is that the setup is fucking time-consuming. We did take a break uh, during one point to eat lasagna. Yeah. I was like, I, I need to stop. I can't make it to the end of this game without eating this. It was lasagna. on Christmas. Yeah. We're like, yeah, this is this is too much. We need to. Uh, Literally stop because we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. It was the first time we played it, wasn't it? I don't know. We played it twice in two days, so it could have been Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Who knows? Who's to say? What about yeah. final thoughts about the game? Uh, final thoughts is um, it says it's like it's everyone's telling their own story while playing this. It's not a storytelling game. It's 100% not a storytelling game. Like... No, it's not a storytelling game. Yeah, it's like your civilization is unique. Yeah, it is, but that's because you chose from one of one of the two that were offered to you at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. So, because um, <laughs> I, I definitely thought it was going to have like a storytelling mechanic, which which would have been cute yeah. or thematic, but who, it, I, mean, I don't really care now after playing it five times. I'm fundamentally fine with the fact that there isn't because when it comes to any games. Any board games or party games where you have to tell a story, I'm fucking terrible at it. <sighs> and I, I hate exceed. it. Yeah, I hate or it. Succeed, exceed. I don't know. I'm better at you. That, <laughs> at, at that at that specific thing. You said I'm better at that than you. Or you said it funny. It's fine. Yeah. Um, talking. Talking, John specialty. Uh, except for on Facebook, because. Your First Amendment rights were taken away. Oh, yeah. I got banned for seven days for calling a racist a cunt. Yeah, my there bad. There But, yeah, I mean, overall, <laughs> this game, <laughs> to bring it back, you know, I, I, I really love the strategy component in this game. I feel, personally, for me, that strategy-heavy games tend to be where I do better. And so, you know, we talked about how we have Euphoria, um, at the top, and how that's a game by the same designer, um, and how different it is. What I what I love about Euphoria is the randomness of dice rolling, and how you can get totally fucked by a bad dice roll. Like that's what I like about it. And so the complete opposite is also true in this game, where there's no 
there's no dice rolling that truly plays a big impact on your whole game, right? You can get benefits from dice rolling, mm-hmm. but there isn't necessarily detriments like there is in Euphoria. Yeah. So that that piece of that of tapestry is also what I like. Yeah, there's this. no wasted turn, mm-hmm. right? Everything is important. Yep. So, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, that, I mean that's how we. That's basically how we feel about it. Uh, I don't really know how to end reviews. Like, this is only our second review we're doing. We don't give scores because fuck that, and we're not really going to review games that we don't like. Well, yeah, and also like what we think is great, somebody else might not like. So, who am I to tell you what to think? I think you should play this game and decide for yourself. More, I feel like my ratings are generally, you know, I would play this again. That's a rating. My second one would be. I would recommend this to someone. And my third one is, fuck yeah, buy this game. Yeah. That's kind of how I rate books in my own head, too. Mine would be, uh, you know, along the same lines, would I would I play this again? Uh, is it fun for just the two of us? Oh, that's a good point. What do the components taste like? Taste like? You mm-hmm. been eating this shit? Mm-hmm. I, I just suck on the observatory every now and then. <laughs> Gross. You disgust me. <laughs> Need another beer. I'm going to put up with you. So uh, what we like to do at the end of every episode uh, is uh, what we've been reading and what we've been playing. Sometimes it's more board games. Sometimes it's actual books and video (laughs) games and shit. Well, I just finished a book called Such a Fun Age, which was really great and a fast read. Um, And I moved on to a book recommended by my friend Nikki called Red, Red Queen, which she said is kind of a mix of... Hunger Games, and X-Men. And I'm only like five chapters in, so I can't speak to that a whole lot. But so far, very good. You know, very fantasy, which is what I like. Hmm. I keep wanting to read more, and my work schedule got a little wonky, so now I have a little more downtime. So hopefully, I'll, like, I've been just burning through The Walking Dead, so hopefully I can eventually finish that. Yeah, I'd like you to finish it so we can take those big-ass fucking books and put them on a bookshelf. Yeah, if you're going to read those, uh, the cheapest way to go about it is to buy the compendiums. And it's bigger than a Bible. Yeah, better than a Bible. Uh, you mean, <laughs> and then uh, it could also be used as like a home defense weapon. Like you go rig it up Home Alone style, so if somebody breaks in through <laughs> your front door, the compendium one just comes down and just cracks them in the temple and kills them. Sounds right. Yeah, or you know how you kill zombies. Totally. Um, yeah, so what are we playing in terms of video games? We're still playing Among Us. Yeah. Um, not planning on dropping that one anytime soon because what I still love about it is that it's a game for everybody. Yeah. People who play video games, people who don't play video games. I feel like we've gotten, a, we've uh, become a part of a decent group too. Yeah. That is like, I, I would say the only downside of Among Us is. Uh, if you're not playing with people who are good at lying, it, it, not everybody has to be good at lying, but if you don't have uh, a couple friends in the up to 10 people you can play with that are like good at being real fucky and like lying about what they're doing or being deceptive in, in a fun way, then it might be a little, eh, a I think little you'll figure a bit of a buzzkill. But we, we have a decent group that we play with every week that's a lot of fun. And it just, it's... It's just fun. If you die in it, you still got shit to do. It's fun. It's just a good time time kill. I like it. Well, of course, I don't think we've stopped talking about this since March. Oh, you know, started. Yeah, we're still playing Call of Duty. Last night we played and we came in second place uh, approximately six times in a row. Damn. So that, in case you were wondering how much time we spent playing last night, that'll give you a good hint. Playing in a smaller map, which is just like, it's a lot easier to get in and out of because you don't care if you've been playing for a half hour and get murdered. Yep. Like, 
you like they're quick matches from start to finish is like 15 minutes so Totes. it's a little easier to digest in smaller increments mm-hmm. then I just picked up Sekiro which is uh by the same people who made Dark Souls it's all like samurai and Japanese themed and all cool shit it's very difficult and uh I am very frustrated with it <laughs> cool story crush it that's what I got um, yeah, so what have we been playing since the last time we talked? We played a shit ton of games. Um, we played Deep Vince, we played Ancient Worlds, Unearthed, Dulasaur Island, Dungeon Roll, which was funny. We hadn't played Dungeon Roll in a long time, and we were like, what the fuck is this Did we ever, we never even finished it. Sure we did, I kicked your ass. Did you? Yes. You oh. were very angry that I beat you. Um, we played Splendor and Ticket to Ride on, uh, on our respective iPads, which is always fun. Yeah. I think we'll do a whole episode on, like games we play digitally mm-hmm. um just because sometimes setup is just not worth it and playing games on apps is also fun and then i saved it for last we've also been playing we also played seven wonders duel where i again maintain my reign as queen of seven wonders duel i can't win this game to save my fucking life it's it's a game i don't bring to the table often because yeah i don't even ask if you want to play anymore. i really enjoy playing it i just don't know how to win Yes. And you don't know how you're winning either. And I think that's what's more infuriating is I always lose, but you never know how you win. It, it's bullshit. I'd say, I told you, I think that the reason I win, or I guess more appropriately, I think the reason you lose is because you get attached to one way of winning. I'm a little more flexible, a little more on my feet, able to adapt. Yeah. You get stuck on one path to victory, and that's what happens. Yeah, well, the I, next time I, it looks like I'm going to lose, I'm just going to take a leaf blower to the table. A leaf blower? Just, I'm not yeah. picking shit up if you take a leaf blower out of my house. Your house? Yeah, my house. Oh, okay. That's right, I said it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we've been playing, reading, doing. Did you have other comments about Seven Wonders? No, I really fuck that game. I it's love such a that fun game. game, but god damn it, fuck. It's so good. Most competitive game we own. 100%. Not sure if anybody is in the Board Game Geek Facebook group. Somebody asked for recommendations on two-player games, and we both saw that someone else had recommended Seven Wonders Duel. And we were like, if you are playing this with a partner, as in a romantic partner, do not recommend this if one of you is hyper-competitive, because yeah. you will be angry. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, we're, we're not. Like, with the, with the two of us, one, someone's always going to lose a game, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're playing against like somebody who... Like, we, we know a few people who have games that they're really good at. And just like, oh, when we played this game with so-and-so, they're they're more likely than not going to mm-hmm. win this. But I feel well, like... Seven Wonders is your favorite game to lose. Stone Age is my favorite game to lose. Mm-hmm. I can't win Stone Age to save my life. But I fucking love to play. So That's fair. It, it happens. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, make sure you follow us on the social medias. Yeah. Board to Death Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. You can also go to boardtodeathpodcast.com. That's where all of our actual episodes are hosted. But you can find them on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find them on Stitcher for Android and Google Play Music and, and Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, we're all on Spotify now, too. Also, make sure you go ahead and go go check out our 2021 Board Game Challenge. We've got some cool shit. And if you win, or win, if you complete everything, we're going to enter you into a raffle. And if we pick you, you're going to tell us what your favorite um, local board game shop is. And we're going to go ahead and send you like a $10 or $15 gift certificate to them. So yeah. you're going to want to make sure you check that out. 
Yeah. And then remember, like and, uh, like and subscribe and review us because that helps us uh, with exposure and not the exposure that's gross and gets you put in a list. Yeah. Make sure you review on, like, uh, Apple Podcasts in particular. Can you review stuff on Spotify? I actually don't know. That's why I went specific with Apple Podcasts because I don't <laughs> hey, wherever know. Wherever <laughs> you're able to review, like, review and say cool stuff about us because as that's what we read us, before bedtime and we go to bed all warm and fuzzy. Give us five stars and then in your comments just say... How much you hate us that's fine too or fuck the police honestly know. if you don't like us that's your prerogative i don't know why you're here but you do you boo yeah thanks for wasting your time with us uh until next time uh i'm john i'm kayla and this is how we roll